Hello. This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice. With me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell-West. And it's slip sliding towards Christmas. Plague season! Uh, oh, yeah. due to it continuing to be plague season, and us having a certain amount of trepidation about... Um, about about the plague. Um, there, there will not be a dragon meat segment. There will not be a dragon meat se- segment. I'd love to go. Um, it, it looks like being fun, but I, but he's not going because of plague, and I'm not going because I can't get myself up that early in the morning without help. <laughs> and I've got a cat now. This um, is true. A very yeah. fun cat. Big black monster. He's around here somewhere. Um, and therefore, and therefore, we are not going to have any advice for you in this program about what you should buy for Christmas. Um, there's doubtless good stuff out there. On the other hand, what we're give other, giving other people for Christmas is our time and our souls and our, our ingenuity, our, our legacy, and all that sort of thing. Um, this last time we talked about uh, endings, specifically the ending of, of Rogers last big thing and this time we're going to be talking about beginnings and me what the immense force it takes to get me off my arse and actually running things that that horrible moment when your players say so what are you going to do next yeah yeah no no this is the horrible moment when they say oh michael have you got some something for us by now (laughs) and roger will be talking about uh, the thing he's doing now um, but first, Roger wanted to mention something. Uh, yep, thank you to Glenn Lewis who sent us money to encourage us to keep doing this. Uh, if you would thank like... you very much, Master Glenn. So... Uh, if you'd like to join this company, uh, let's see, paypal.me slash rogerbw will reach me. And then if you say, say it's for this, and then I'll make sure Mike gets a share as well. He does, honestly, he does. Keep, Onward. Keep the cat in cat food. Oh, dear me. He's biting my ankles, you know. He started biting. Before we get on to any of that, our friends at the Bundle of Holding uh, let us know when things are happening there, and uh, indeed we often get access to them without charge, but uh, we thought we'd let pass some of this on to you. In particular, uh, Liminal. Liminal. Which is a very British production. It's um, a. It's set firmly and expansively in uh, British mythology and history, and the current day, as reflect, uh, uh, which reflects it. I think, though, if you wanted to elevate a pitch, it and you didn't have lawyers breathing down your neck, you would say this is Rivers of London, the unofficial role playing game. Yeah, that was the thing I was avoiding saying, because A, I know they are working on Rivers of London, the official role-playing game. But A, that's not out yet. B, that's by Chaosium, who who are getting into NFTs. And C, I mean, it has eight authors. How good is it going to be? Yeah, well, I'm also going to distinguish that from, liminal from Rivers of London, in as much as, as Rivers of London is has a fairly tightly focused background it's about yeah, this, this is much more general purpose urban fantasy um, yeah as opposed to magical cops in the modern in the modern day i mean uh, they, is, he, he does also mention uh emma bull's excellent book war for the oaks which was one of the first mm. urban fantasies that that is uh explicitly uh coming into conflict with fairy uh he yeah. also mentioned you know the dresden files sleepy hollow being human tv series and 
there are lots of others that he doesn't mention. I think the key thing here is, well, the general setting is there is lots of different stuff out there. Mm. Some of it is much bigger than you. You can't bash it. You have to outthink it. However, because it's an RPG, and because he wants it to be a general purpose rather than a focused RPG, um, it isn't isn't just the Fae. It isn't just the magicians. It isn't just the vampires or the werewolves. Yeah, we've got uh, vampires and magicians and werewolves and ghosts and fey, and I started to think, does that list of five start to sound familiar? Oh, no, no, that's (laughs) unkind, because I'm sure there's five and six and seven as well. Well, we've we've also got the church and the police. And the Uh, ghosts. I I mentioned the ghosts, they're number four. You mentioned the ghosts? All right, fine. (laughs) But The the, the problem here is that um, I find... Now, this is interesting stuff, and there is a lot of good material here, drawing on what is evidently a, a good deal of love and knowledge of British history, mythology, and fiction. But I don't think it has a sufficient focus to make it an obvious um, role-playing game. It's... It does remind me a bit of the old GURPS campaign books, you know, the... the late third edition stuff, where you get a 128-page book about, say, the Age of Napoleon or Mars. Yeah. But what instead of this is what you do and this is all supporting the one campaign that you do, it would be here are six different things you could do with this setting. Much of the background is useful for all of them and a lot of it isn't, and you're going to have to do a lot of work to go from the book to the specific campaign. Well, the, the the name of it indicates that the core of it, and the core of it is where I think the problem is, the name of, of it is Liminal, and the people, um, the character, player characters are intended to be people on the border, not uh, part of the mundane world and not part of the fantastic world either, and not part of any of the strong dominant groups. Well, I mean, they, that, they, they that can be. That option is there. I mean, he, he, he says that, and then right in the next paragraph he says, uh, one of the things a crew could be is basically deniable operators for a particular faction. Yeah. And but, one, one of his examples is, yeah, there, there is the, the police section that knows a bit about this stuff, and one of his crews is the deniable operators for the police section who, can, who could, don't have to worry so much about all those fiddly administrative details. So that, that option is definitely there. What it, it, It's strongly suggested that the group will have a patron. And the group, what, but the group, what the patron will do for them is quite variable. Yeah, but the group isn't, uh, isn't a group of wizards, isn't a group of cops. It's a mishmash of... The, the, the archetypical groups, the ones they describe as the iconic characters, is, is a mishmash. A bit of everything, yeah. A bit of everything. Uh, a changeling... A werewolf who's lost his pack. Um, they walk a, into a bar, and, and and a wizard who has been kicked out of the Order of Merlin. I ask you, the Order of Merlin, um, and and is is uh, because his his uh, his teacher uh, went rogue, and he is regarded as. Uh, oh and I thought I've read this several t- times and places before. Well, yeah, I think what. It- it's possibly going too far in the direction of, you know that urban fantasy book slash TV series you enjoyed? Well, you can do it in this. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not sure I have understood uh, stood the, the system as described. <laughs> There's not much <laughs> to understand. Okay. That, that, in that case, um, there's a lot of fiddly detail and a lot of background. 
um, but it's not a complex system. It's that basically much I sort of grasp. Two d six for eight plus. Yeah. Uh, each oh traveller returns. E- returns each descriptor um, raises a difficulty by two points. So you know, climbing a wall is eight plus. Climbing a wall in the dark is ten. Climbing a wall in the dark in a thunderstorm is twelve. Um, you have no stats. You do get to add your skill level. Mm-hmm. Um, which is generally you do a, have, the thing is you do the, have, your skill level is generally a lot lower than the variability you're going to get from the dice. That's that's an important thing to bear in mind. There are such things as traits, which are which th- those of us who play GURPS would call advantages. Yeah, uh, they typically give you some sort of bonus to a thing in a particular situation. In fact, the whole thing feels an awful lot like the Vortex system, uh, the Cubicle 7 Doctor Who RPG and uh-huh. a couple of other licenses. It, it has more skills, but it and it doesn't have disadvantages, but it feels very much inspired by that. I'm not I'm pra- I'm sort of praising this with faint dams so far. <laughs> but um I will say that I like the atmosphere of some of the writing and the and the, and the love of digging out obscure uh, bits of myth and history. And well, yes, I mean, I, I have here a copy of the Book of the New Jerusalem by Paula Dempsey, which uh-huh. I don't think has technically been published yet, uh, <laughs> which is basically a, a list of random occult crap from all over England. And it's great. I can't, I can't argue. I, I, want to, of... I want to use this in a game. Yeah. It, it, it's a sort of prequel to the uh, London source book, Book of the Smoke, um, yeah. or the whole Augustus Darcy plotline. Um, but this is assembled by Paula Dempsey, and, and it's lots of proper, genuine legendary with, with an interesting twist on it. It's, it's mm. great stuff. I, uh, I'm, I'm, re- I really want to give this a try. Not, I don't want to do it as one of my uh, major campaigns. I don't think I would. I would feel the need of something slightly better supported. But I, I, I want to, to give it a try as, as convention and one-off yeah. material. I, um, had a very, I, I had a very enjoyable game of it set on a Scottish island playing the, uh, the members of a ghost-hunting TV series. Who? Um, oh, right, yes. I, di- I didn't know that was this. I, in fact, I'm uh, not sure it was this. But... I, I think it was this. Um, <laughs> it, uh, the, it was... It was the the this world as viewed from uh, as viewed by people who aren't in the know, people who mm-hmm. are just being moved across the line into the into being liminals themselves, which I thought was a nice way of introducing it. Though the the really clued up people look incredibly powerful to to the uh, uh, to the uninitiated. I think the key thing to bear in mind here is compared with the vast majority of the stuff. Uh, particularly that gets published now and that we talk about on the BOH, um, it's it will take a lot more work to go from the book to an active campaign. Hmm. Um, I think if if I were going to run this, and I do have thoughts about this, uh, I would start by ruthlessly pruning away 80% of it, maybe. I th- you know, well, I th- one I think... common source for all the weirdness. You know, you 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 are a bunch of people who are who have met the Fey. Yeah, and if there are human magicians, it's because they've got Fey power, and if there are vampires, it's because they are a weird sort of Fey, and so, and so on. You know, none of this th- throw everything in and turn on the blender. Well, I'm, I'm not against throwing throwing 
things in and turning on the blender. But I am saying I would say that each season, to use the TV term, of mm. each campaign ought to be about one overwhelming thing. You can put in a, a sprinkling of ghosts and, uh, or or other weird stuff, but you want your uh, you want the 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 inciting incident that brings your group together. And the majority of the things that happen to them in each season to have a common source and yes. build build up the complexity, reveal the stuff that they don't know about yet, bit by bit, and not all at once. If you throw every, everything into the pot, you're not going to get a satisfactory meal. It's the I can't remember who came up with it. The the term in SF criticism of of the economy of miracles. Yeah, just just one 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 change and explore that properly, rather than um, throw everything at the at the screen. And um, sticks. And one one example of that in in gaming is um, the infinite world setting. Yeah, you you've got you've got all these different worlds you're traveling to, hmm. and. Typically, they, they, you know, at, at least as far as the backstory goes, they have some sort of divergence point from our world. Yeah. And one of the things they they carefully put in for the, for the fourth edition revision was do not also have the bit where they travel to the world that has an FTL civilized uh, multi world civilization. Yeah, because that because that's takes... just too much. Yeah. Uh, my my own feeling is that is that they also put. Uh, leaned a bit too hard on the weird weirdness and magic thing because you know going to alternate earths is already weird. Yeah, adding magicians as well doesn't work so well. Yeah, well, the uh, I really like the the cabal, but I'm not. Sh- but they have in, they have enough multi realities in their in their native setting um, mm. that. I, uh, oh, talk, talking of magic, uh, there is a magic yeah. system here, but it's basically just here's a here's a list of stuff you can do. Here's the skill roll you have to make for it. it it's it's very flavorless. This is no unknown armies. No, um, I I feel that 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 I'm not being entirely fair to this. <laughs> I'm never going to use this system. Uh huh. I mean, all all the usual. There is nothing to say here. Why don't I run it in GURPS or Genesis or some other system that can support stuff that I already know? This doesn't add anything to that other than quickness of play. If I had a bunch of you know people who'd never role played before, that might be another matter. But uh, yeah, but yeah, but for your own tastes, it is not. It's not dense enough. Or well, it is t- too scattered. It, it it has the extra burden of learning it and working out what's a hard task and what's an easy task mm. in reality, rather than according to what the book says. Uh, see also the vortex system, which which describes a thing as a hard task, which is actually going to be completely impossible for anybody. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it, it it has to be converted from what what's presented to here's how it actually plays on the table, and I've already done that. For other systems, so I just use one of those other systems. I don't think so, there's any. I don't think, yeah, unlike Pendragon, there isn't a unique flavour or mechanic here that would be lost in that conversion. Yeah, I found I maybe part of my uh, problem with getting my teeth into the system is that it's it is a little too bland and a little too uh, over specific, but not inspiring enough. Mm. 
I would say that on the whole, I'm going to say about this is buy it by all means and uh, and ruthlessly exploit it for your own needs. Yes. Whether you, yes. Um, it, it, I, its cultural and biological distinctiveness will be added to my own. Yeah, yeah. I thought your shirt was bulging a little. <laughs> right. Uh, we all probably ought to mention also in passing. Oh, the, sorry. That that that's to the eighth of December. That's to the eighth of December. Right. We ought to mention in passing, uh, corner cornucopia nine, which is a me- mishmash, a gallimuffry, a heck of a mess. Didn't we spray for indie kids? Get them off uh, my lawn. Well, all right. There is there is there is a whole mess of uh, of of in independent indie games in here one of which um against the dark master <laughs> i have, I have heard that. of <laughs> i have heard of I, I, I had not heard of this and i found myself saying should nigrath preserve us it's a rollmaster retro clone uh-huh. uh, there's other stuff in here something called iron sworn which I'm not quite sure what it is. I it, think that's a solo derived, game. Well, it's a multi-mode thing. Uh, it, it has random generation such that you can play it as a solo. It, it is a derived loosely from Powered by the Apocalypse uh, and some other things. It's it's not a PBTA game. Yeah. Um, the, the, yeah, the, the principle is that if you want to have a conventional players and GM, you can do that. If you want to have a fully cooperative, let us you know, randomly generate the threat and bash that, mm-hmm. you can, or just do it as a solo thing. Uh, all, all of these are options, and the the new thing is the Delve source book for that, which is you know more, more on underground stuff. Who need, who doesn't need more underground stuff? There's also something called Impulse Drive, which is another Apocalypse Engine. Thing. Oh, that is explicitly Apocalypse Engine. Uh, that's it, uh, it, I can't decide whether it's a Traveller ripoff or a Star Trek ripoff or trying to be. Uh, it's try, It's it's mostly uh, Firefly, I think, but it's trying to be. It's trying to be all of those things. I mean, one of the things you define is your ship. Uh, uh-huh. which, which gets its own playbook, and if your ship that gets its own playbook is the one that's obvious, an obvious ripoff of the Enterprise, well, I guess you're playing a Star Trek ripoff. Uh, uh, can I just say that <laughs> I've always assumed that Firefly was a traveller ripoff? Well, of course it is. Yeah, um, there's some, there's there's uh, there's Opera House, which seems to be. This is so. Indie. Well, for, uh, for we, people who aren't you, there is some potentially useful information on here here on how a theatre actually works. Yeah, if I knew how a theatre actually worked, I'd, pro- I'd be employed in one. Um, but, but but yeah, yeah this let's is, put on the show right here. Uh, yeah, this is this is uh, this is intrigue and, and 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 strange stuff in the back in in the background of the great Grand Opera House, which I can't imagine. There's something called ultraviolet. Grasslands, psychedelic metal role playing on the caravan to the world's edge. Yeah, it's 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 a road movie, probably written by Michael Moorcock. Oh, crying out loud! Electric Bastion Land. <laughs> it, uh, the the good bits of this feel a lot like Troika, which I think I liked more than you did, though I still haven't actually played it. Um, yeah, th- things like yeah, as a group, you share a debt of ten thousand pounds. The youngest player's failed career specifies the debt holder that you owe money to. Everybody has a failed career. That's your character class. Uh, <laughs> this uh, may be the one for me. If 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 you if if you uh, one of the failed careers is military, and one of the options there is chaplain, you get a bottle of military strength gin and a holy donkey symbol. <laughs> but, all right. but but like Troika, it has all of these dangling things that are never going to be referenced anywhere else, but they're there for the players to have fun with. 
London sound. Well, we hope. Ancient, I'm, I'm being the ancient git here. I hope <laughs> that um, you all find fun and joy in this. Um, in the in this, should you uh, uh, decide that it's or, just or, what or you pin need. it down to the de- table, slit it open, and uh, extract the useful bits. You make it sound so clinical and messy. Really hey, I'm a cook, all right. right. Anyway, and that's open. That's available until thirteenth uh, of December. All right, just in time for Christmas. Roger, we talked a lot about your um, your grand achievement of a fourteen year. Very enjoyable, very successful campaign last time. So this time, let's talk about me for a minute. Yeah, but enough about yeah. yeah go, yeah. go on by all means. Let, let me talk about my latest production, which isn't quite happening yet. I, uh, as long-term listeners, I've got anything but long-term listeners at the moment. I don't know. There must be some people wandering in from the street. Um, as long-term listeners will know, I have two uh, long-term groups: the Monday and the Wednesday group. And the Monday group is coming to the end of a run in the land of Nippon, um, the RuneQuest version being run by my friend Bartley Patterson. And I volunteered to uh, go ahead and replace him. I've made announcements. I've asked, I've, I've asked uh, players not for their um, particular desires in things, but to reflect on their general uh, general thoughts about role-playing and the other people in the group and what the group does well. And though I learned a few things out of that, it didn't actually spark me. I gave myself plenty of time, which I am discovering is deadly, <laughs> because I have the soul of a journalist and I actually only create under pressure and under under um, a deadline. I, I feel I should point out that on this video conference you still have the background from yesterday's game, which is a bloke standing behind you with an axe. So, you know, maybe that would be a start. Hang on a second. <laughs> that, 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 you can't... We're on radio, Roger. Yes, that's why, that's why I mentioned it. Maybe, maybe right. this would help you feel, feel the deadline pressure. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, all all, yeah. all you need is him to say, go on, make me laugh. Uh, the point being that I have yet to spark anything. I have a long list of possible ideas, but none that have leapt from the point of, yes, that may, might be possible to, yes, let me do that. Let me do that now. Let me put it to my players. They will think it is brilliant. So I wanted to talk in the hope that we will be useful to our listeners and to the art of role-playing in general about possible jumping-off points categories of them as well as the stuff I've got. Um well I have I have this too because uh, in in yesterday's game we've come come to the end of that particular campaign at least for now. Mm. Uh, and and the GM at least wants wants a bit of a break so we're talking about running something else for that and I I'd yeah. certainly like to have something that I can put together so well my uh my first thought when I thought about um the Sunday game, which uh, which we're 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 both in, 
was that I could use one of the things I'm determined not to use for my Monday night group, which is just to look at my list of games that I haven't explored properly, games that I think I might be able to have fun, game systems, and I've and I can put that to to the people on the Sunday night group because I think they are the sort of people who will look at a new game system, even if they will ignore it or mash it up the way Doctor Bob did, or, or sneer at it. Like or me. sneer at it, okay. I'm perfectly as long as it gets some exposure, then I'm happy that. Uh, what, one it, of the things I do like about playing with Watson Hall is that we we are not at all system snobs. Well, we 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 may get it, but occasionally say cruel but true things about them. But if somebody says, you know, I I want to run this, then the basic answer is yes, let's try it, rather than you not that thing. Yeah, well, the, possibly because we all know each other reasonably well, we all trust each other to be good GMs. Yeah, I think that uh, that uh, that is a treasure for you to have, and I hope that I might be able to use the Sunday night group um, to exploit it. So I'm putting aside the list of things like rain and unknown armies and other things that I might want to run. Um, I'm actually I'm playing gonna... unknown armies with, with with the Cambridge group at the moment. Which version? Uh, three. The the new one. Yeah. yeah. Let me. Uh, we will have a conversation about that at, at some other time. <laughs> anyway, in that case, I probably were, I probably I'm on a hiding to nothing. Uh, putting well, in I, I, in that group. It, it, at least so far, it, it feels fairly munchkin proof, which is an unusual thing. Though I suspect once you get into useful magic, that may change a lot. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, I leave that aside because not only are these players uh, my age and, and older. Um, but one of them at least has no clue about system whatsoever. I'm not quite sure how much it would strain her brain to drop her into something like Unknown Armies, where I, I would say that the, the system is important and system mastery is important. Um, but I want something that, of a kind that she's played before and is more familiar with and will not stress her too much, but can, we can bring out her strengths as a role player. And you, you, than... you, that group has played an awful lot of RuneQuest and Allied Trades, hasn't it? So yeah, some, Runequest... something, something BRP adjacent is going to be pretty Run... familiar. RuneQuest and GURPS are my top systems mm -hmm. in, in what, whatever I plan, plan to do with, with the group, because those are the two systems they know from uh, from soup to nuts. Um, so uh, so that that is, that is my plan. My problem there is Having put aside system as a sparking point, what else is there? Um, setting is one thing. Um, I I have a sort of yen for uh, for the Western, but I don't have a good topic for it. Mm -hmm. I have a strong tendency towards... Well, uh, one of the people I'm envying at the moment is Kenneth Hyde because he is working on, he's not only been running, but he's working on a uh, Hellenistic Age um, role-playing game after after Alexander's conquests and before the rise of the Romans. Mm -hmm. a, a time period, lots of city-states, lots of local individual superstitions and customs, and a huge cosmopolitan world um, which um, all speaks much the same language. Mm -hmm. And I, I sort of envy him that. But I am not sure that I've also got a sort of yen for um, 
doing something more with the restoration period. Um, there's a lot of conspiracy and politics that you could hide the um, weirder stuff behind. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm currently reading uh, The Time Traveller's uh, Guide to Restoration England. And I've got a, a biography of the first 10 years of Charles II's restoration to come after that. <laughs> but, okay, leaving that as, but leaving that aside, and, and th those are ambitions, it is possible to spark purely from a, a time period and a place, starting from Earth. But at the moment, that doesn't seem to be sparking. Um, are there other categories? I have some other categories, but what are some that you have? Well, ideas. Um, I don't think a campaign should be predicated only on the one big idea, but having a big idea fairly early in its genesis is a good thing. Yeah, I um, agree with that. For example, and I don't think I said this last time, um, the idea that conscious human evil is, at least in some ways, worse than supernatural, that's just because that's the way it is, evil. Yeah, uh, because, well, because humans have choice, because yes. humans have agency. Yes. Mm. I think uh, you've the human race a bit. But I, I, I didn't make any specific adventure be about that but no. it was always sitting there when I was thinking about the shape adventures would take and what sort of bad guys there would be and so on so I, th I think there was a level of consistency there which certainly I found useful yeah I that sort of edges in on religious issues which I know is a thing you like to use well, in games I, I like to use but I'm not sure on my limits with this group I've never been quite sure <laughs> two of them are fervent atheists one is a catholic and the rest I'm not quite sure yeah but or we're role players yeah yeah we're role players but there are concepts that role players there are concepts that everybody each and every one of us cannot grasp and cannot get firmly in our head and don't make any sense to us I mean, with me, it was Aristotelian physics in Ars Magica. For goodness sake, it doesn't work like that. Yes, but you that's can't. because it doesn't work. Yeah, it, I know that. It, it but, explains only a small and limited part of the universe. I know that. You know that. But um, neither the medieval mind nor Aristotle uh, nor supposedly the wizards of the Order of Hermes know that. Uh, so... Where was I? Yeah, religion and ethics are a big thing. The closest I've come recently are the complications of introducing magic into the world. Magic, it strikes me, is a shortcut for all sorts of privilege. Magicians are um, privileged users. They yeah, have and Certainly, if you look at historical magical societies, it's very much been the bored aristocrat with enough time and money to get the old books. Hmm. Or, or the, hence uh, the, the strong association with extreme right wing thinking. Yeah. Uh, or just being being wealthy and a bastard in the case of Alistair Crowley. Hmm. Um, I mean, he is, is. No, no. He he was told by his nanny that he was the wickedest boy in the world, and he set out to prove it. You shouldn't believe your nanny, uh, folks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very dangerous. They don't always know anything. They're my nanny. Um, uh, had a, a dab hand with the with the 
uh, with the semolina pudding, it must be said. <laughs> the, so that that's one focus, which is moral and political. One, one thing that I, I would want to have as an input at this point is a target length. Is this, this going to be a one-off? Is this going to be a, for a while, you know, my, my canonical 12 sessions? Do we have hopes that it will be longer than that? What I am thinking is that what I'm aiming for is a season. Um, mm -hmm. What Hartley has given us has been a short season, the equivalent of a, a five or six programme long arc. I'd like to go for um, a, a, the, a season of a television program, the the first season up to the end of it. I have so sort of twenty something distinct adventures, 30, 30, thirteen at a minimum up to up to twenty, yeah. but connecting together, especially towards the end. Sure, but but you have some difference between this is the what's it of the week and then this is this links to the yeah. other thing more and, the, and you can balance that off against each other i don't want to do anything that is derived this is my my driving force that that certainly it, cuts out a lot of options because one of the things i was going to say was for example uh the t the two volumes of gurps alternate earths contain <laughs> worlds which are well, in theory, designed to be visited by cross-world travellers, but in practice, they're much more suited to one-shots or short campaigns. Yeah, I'm not. I've never been quite sure how to run an Infinite Worlds campaign. I'm fairly sure I don't like the. Um, I don't like Infinity Incorporated and its rival. Maybe not as a patron, anyway. Well, there there is a basic problem, which yeah. is everything in the book. He talks about, including the rules material, the, the character templates and so on, is, is with the strong suggestion that most of the operators are going to be going into a world and staying there for weeks and months and maybe years. Yeah. That, well, Whereas we've got all these worlds and that really lends itself to a world of the week. It does. Uh, though I despised it, uh, Sliders would seem to be a very good yeah. uh, model. Uh, for Phil Masters stuff. did come up with a thing for Old Pyramid. I think I think it's still online. I'll put it in the show notes anyway, um, suggesting a, a new branch of Infinity that would be more focused towards this sort of thing. And, and, and I ran something similar as, as a, well, pre-action, but action campaign for a while. I think I think with, um, with something like Sliders or something like... Uh, Doctor Who, you need a driving force, which means you arrive at the significant moment in that time and place. That mm -hmm. you are, you are, I'm afraid, the destined ones, and you are set off on the part. I, I don't think those two things necessarily go together. The the arrival at the right time and place could just be coincidence. You you can have this as a non-diegetic thing. You d you don't need to say it. it I think it is, in fact, fatal for the characters to say, how come we always arrive when there's something exciting happening? What you do, and this is, I think, the point of genius of classic Doctor Who, is you don't link the, the stories together too closely, mostly. Mm. So if somebody wants to think, well, you know, maybe they went to 17 different places and just sat on the beach for a bit. And, that, and we, didn't sh we didn't see those things happening because they weren't yeah. interesting to watch. That's fine. You know, ju just as you know, every time Miss Marple shows up on the page, there's a murder. 
Yeah. It do- that doesn't uh, mean she is the destined murder solver in the universe. It just means that those were the interesting things to write about. One of the things that uh, I did um, as preparation for this, and which uh, didn't resolve anything for me, was start a discussion about destiny and what it was good for, mm-hmm. especially the, the Gertz mechanic, but all sorts of ideas about your character has something to do before they die. Um, I was also talk- talking about um, the possibility of a portal um, fantasy campaign. And it strikes me that the sliders, Doctor Who sort of thing, where you're constantly moving on to the next place, is is also a good model for that. Somebody mm. sets your foot upon a path and says, uh, you, uh, you, you, you have to go the long way home if you're going home at all. Yeah, and I think, I, that, I, I think I, the, that might work. I think it, what makes a huge difference to this sort of thing is to the extent to which the means of travel is under the control of the characters. Though, though do bear in mind, I mean, you could also do so, include something like Star Trek Voyager in this broad campaign frame. I mean, it, it's a world yeah. of the week. There is the idea that we are making progress, but it, it doesn't have portals. It just has a very long way to go. I think... Since you appointed me at the um, resource that is all the GURPS books stacked on the top in front of my desk, <laughs> then actually I, I'm thinking at this moment that maybe um, maybe I have found the thing I wanted to do. I started out by talking to them about having... Um, a, I, a, a When I was discussing this with the Monday Night Group, I started out talking to them about having people from my um, from our universe, recognisable, uh, acceptable people, believable, mundane people, mm-hmm. um, being snatched into fantasy worlds. But this could do, as a concept, this could do fantasy worlds and. Um, science fiction worlds and parallel Earths and, and, and without end and doing one a week or one a few week every few weeks would work, I think. I think I what, think what I just you want to do yeah. is, is make the exit contingent on doing the adventure. And you don't, you don't want the situation where, you know, we, we arrive in the clearing, there's just been a battle, we can just hide in the woods for a week and then we will pop out again. Uh, you, you need them to engage with the worlds, even if they're not yeah. going to stay there. Which means I need to put a leash around their neck of some sort. Yes. And compel them. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how to write that, but that's actually the way to go. You the may the crucial said. thing that my, my GME experience is telling me is get the players to agree to this. I don't mean the characters, I mean the players. Yeah. Make make this part of the premise. Yeah, um, I, I make it clear that I'm willing to have the characters bitch, but please don't. If the players start bitching, then this is a failure. Yeah. Um, right. Actually, you may have solved my my problem. <laughs> my my. Uh, that's good. Uh, we're only we're we're not yet onto the half hour mark. <laughs> I. Ha- it also means I can reuse some of the stuff I've also got here. Um. 
one idea I want to mention, and which may get used in bits here, is uh, reboots. Mm-hmm. Not of uh, established fictional universes, but rather reboots of the central shtick of old role-playing games. It started with it started with me thinking that the uh, opening of the of the barbarians in Jakala for Empire of the Petal Throne, you are a you're just uh, off the boat. You're just off the boat. You're a bunch of barbarians. You have a few words of the local language, and you've heard about the wonderful things that this distant empire has, but um, you're flat broke, foreigners, and despised. And it occurred to me that that is a very genericizable, um, a very genericizable uh, uh, campaign opening, mm. and um, it struck me as even deeper thinking. You know, there is the West Marches thing, which is basically fantasy recreation of um, European colonialism in the uh, in the New World. It struck uh, I'm, not, me, I'm not familiar with the term, but well, okay. Well, yeah, there, there is, there was a campaign, and there is a sort of school of um, of campaigns uh, about the West Marches. About you're coming from the fabulous, uh, um, uh, the fabulous magical community on the far side of the ocean, and you're settling in this land which has barbarians and monsters and other stuff. Mm-hmm. And you are um, establishing your homes there. Well, the parallels are fairly obvious at that. Point. Yeah, yeah. But um, it struck me that the the barbarians at the port thing is is the immigrant experience into the United States. Well, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and the fantasy version in which you are coming to a country that you expect to be good for you, um, that is richer than where you came from. And you are there to um, to discover the ways to change their ways to some extent, and to um, and to create a new uh, a new um, heterogeneous nation. I think that would preferably with a bit less murder than the historical version. But you know, hey, yeah, excuse me, Irish, Irish street gangs in New York, and in fact, everybody's street gangs. Oh, I was thinking of murder, the murder of the locals first, but you know. Oh, that's already been done by the time you get there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The other one was a reboot of Earth Dawn, um, which was, as you know, an ex- a, ve- a nice explanation with varying execution of the idea of lots of dungeons about the place and the landscape scattered with monsters. because And treasure. And treasure. It's basically a post-magical uh, apocalypse game. You, you come out of your bunkers. You come out of your bunkers, and the world has changed whilst uh, whilst you were, and your uh, and your forefathers and your forefathers forefathers were were locked away against the magical storm, and you're going out to rediscover it. Now that is eminently uh, rebootable and re-realizable. I've got the Earth Dawn books, but I didn't actually, the system didn't actually spark with me. Yeah, but, I've, I've played it a little, um, but we didn't play for long enough to get beyond, well, okay, this is a fantasy where you go down dungeons, that the, the particular feel of it didn't really come through in that game. 
I also that that I think that there, if you take a good look at lots of the successful classical uh, role playing games, you will find rebootable, reusable, genericizable. Well, also they start with quite simple things. I mean, we've talked before about the the elevator pitch and the one sentence description, and you you are X who do Y in situation mm. Z. Um, all of yeah. these things continue to apply, not just so that you can sell your game of it, but so that the players can get a handle on okay, what sort of character do I want to generate for this? Mm. Um, who's who's going to be useful in the, in this group? Because. You know, we we are not in the dungeon bashing exclusive days anymore, um, yeah. and you 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 need a bit more than somebody who can hold up their end in a fight. Yeah, um, and you need you need uh, people who can yeah do all sorts of things. Um, I came across the uh, idea of the five uh, the five man band mm-hmm. uh, a little while back, where there's the, there's the leader, there's the lancer. Who's the leader's best friend and also a good fighter? There is the tank, there is the clever guy, and there is the chick who's the heart of the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, so some of us can be modified better than others. <laughs> but if you, if you if you start first start noticing it, you'll see it come to, uh, come together. All right, yeah, you, yeah. You, Be, you, being think... female is not sufficient character definition. <laughs> I think we both agree on that. I, I yeah I, the the saddest example is is what's her name who was the chick in the first season of the A team and who the writers had no idea what to do with Tasha Yar is another one um, mm-hmm. and uh, and and they've got the writers have got gotten better of late or we've gotten better writers sometimes we allow female writers these days which which please please I may faint. Um, there's also one other thing I haven't um, I haven't tried yet, but which I can see is jolly popular, and that is the genre mashup. Um, it appears to do it a lot with um, Victorian stuff, a la League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or Penny Dreadful, whose whose historicity is causing my my, my scholar's soul slight pain. <laughs> Uh, well, or I don't. I mean, it's literary because um, the, the 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 number of mythologies they're mixing there is quite painful to me. Well, also, some of it is just let's not deal with things we don't want to deal with. I mean, a lot a lot of steampunk is let let us have a cool Victorian aesthetic, but let us not worry about the starving masses who keep the aristocrats fed. Oh, well, because, yeah. because let, let, let's let's hand wave that away and and say that say that uh, you know robots do it or something. Because it's because we want to do the fun bit. Yeah, I think for for the genre mashup, the fun bit is how it would be having characters which are your personalised version of some cool fictional character that you like, and I could rely upon my players to do that. <laughs> In fact, that might be. Um, uh, you're, you're thinking of not not just a plus b, but a um, a plus Gallimore b of all a sorts Gallimore of stuff. Free. Yeah, um, uh, Doctor Fu Manchu uh, being assisted by uh, by Doctor Watson uh, to recover Sherlock Holmes from the capture of Captain Nemo, that sort of thing. Let us not forget Madame Sarah. Obscure, Ooh. very obscure. Well, all very right, popular put, 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 put Madame Sarah in the footnotes for goodness' sake. <laughs> 
I think I think and I think that would be a feature of the uh, of the world leaping campaign. A moment of my brain is touched by thinking um, that uh, maybe I want to do this quantum leap style, but then on the other hand, maybe I don't. I think that's a note to be carefully considered. Um, you find yourselves occupying the bodies of people with histories in the place. It's really not, it, unless you've got Al with you to uh, give you the 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 cliffs the cliffs notes on um, on who who you are just at this moment. I'm not sure that's workable. Well, yeah, it, it does solve campaign. the the basic. It solves some of the problems, at least of. Well, why don't why don't we go all go to the world of very cheap explosives, or indeed the world of very cheap and quick magical training, and then come back here? That that's a thing that a cross world campaign is vulnerable to. I think I think that only works. Uh, that sort of trick only works if you got your TARDIS and you can jump in and out of time. Sure. I think I think it's it's perfectly adequate for you to pick up magical training and 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 weird gifts and what have you along the way. I certainly certainly think that should be something. Uh, I've also I've got lots of notes here which I've not used, including five children and them, which is <laughs> um, uh, five children from our from a modern world dropped into a world to be champion of their gods, but. That one hasn't uh, matured yet. I've got a, a magical school idea about Dom Daniel, which is a legendary, um, a legendary school for magicians, which I think is transtemporal, or maybe it dwells um, in the land in the back in the time before the Mediterranean flooded, in the lands that are now at the bottom of the sea. Hmm. And I've got what I've got a note about. I've got a note about um, some some aristocrats from a uh, galactic empire being given the the unique and honourable opportunity to return to the original home of mankind and fix all the problems they have. <laughs> um, but I think all of those have just moved back to the bottom. And given that I now have a framework of travellers of sliders i hate that i gotta get sliders out of my head before <laughs> i actually commit to writing this campaign frank because i hated sliders <laughs> i think i need to write a, a list of stuff not to include um the... one thing that i think would apply in the general case if you have the privilege of doing this and, and we generally both do mm. is consider the group and the sort of thing the group is into yeah, uh, yeah, mo mo yeah. This varies. Many groups have somebody who likes to play the the sneaky, underhanded person, and let's face it, most settings will fit that, so that's not difficult. There, there is a it is sad, but there is a general um, um, agreed need amongst sapient beings for sneaky, underhanded persons. On the other it's hand, if you want somebody who who wants to play the um, honourable, shining knight with teeth that go ting, that's not every setting. I have I have somebody who tends to play the cynical, um, uh, the cynical knight um, who who tends to go oh yeah. Um, it's not me, is it? No, no. <laughs> I, I, I have. Uh, let's see now. So I'm thinking about sliders and things which I should possibly use. John Rhys Davis in mm -hmm. Sliders plays the professor, the person who knows. 
lots of stuff. On the whole, I feel that having somebody like that would actually be good. They have at least one player who is uh, who is good at that. But is it uh, fun if it impairs what they can do? I mean, every, every version of a Doctor Who role-playing game that I have seen has assumed yeah. that somebody is playing the Doctor, a player is playing the Doctor. Well, I th- I'm or, not convinced or, that that's actually the right answer because they, they need to be so plot-bound in terms of what they can and can't do out of the wider range, wide array of things that they can potentially do that it, I think it would be very frustrating. I think, hmm. Uh, well, I, I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia page for Sliders and John Rhys-Davis, <laughs> um, as an actor, complained that what, a lot of what he had to say was incomprehensible or gibberish. But that may have been the quality of the writing rather than the nature of the role. <laughs> uh, I think, I think on the whole that I might this this might work, and I um, I can even point at the GURPS uh, action uh, rule set to mm-hmm. create some of the characters, and the possibility of using things like uh, bang skills is also very useful for something uh, that's going to be as cinematic. And as generally applicable as this, given that you have a group that likes GURPS and doesn't really like learning new systems, yeah, I mean, the reason I tend not to do the the, um, the basically the bang skills are things like uh, can be things like the sword, you know, everything you might do with the sword. That was the original example, but in in more general terms, they can be everything to do with a particular professional role or job. I mean, they start looking a bit like fate aspects here. They do, and I don't uh, think and that's. My feeling generally is that why have all the huge overhead of a system as complicated as GURPS, even without the skills, if you're just going to simplify it back to something like Phase anyway? I, uh, what I did in my uh, one of my previous games for this group, which was uh, Stargate VR1, uh, mm-hmm. was give each of the, the characters a central bang skill. And the other stuff they had to develop carefully. The yeah. bang skill, the bang skill was there. It it sometimes got increased a point or so, and you could always increase the governing characteristic. But it was just there in the back in the background. Mm-hmm. And here, one character is the scientist. One character is the archaeologist, um, who got less to do than the other characters. I was not writing good stuff for him. That was my fault. And one of them was the soldier, and one of them was the hunter. And only the psychic chose not to take any bang skills because she wanted to spend her points on in, on increasing her gifts and abilities sure. and being spooky. And I think having just one thing to define the, the central role that's bringing the character into this is a is possibly a, a good thing yeah certainly one of the reasons i'd like to have a, a group or quite often this has actually been done by mailing list because we are then going to go away and generate individual GURPS characters but there tends to be a, a group discussion either at the end of the previous campaign or by email of okay this is the sort of character i want to play um do we actually need two very fighty people? Well, no. Okay, I'll do something else then. That kind of thing. Just a, a bit of niche protection on an informal basis. 
I think I I think yes. That's sort of, well. That's the sort of thing that this group will, will do, and will will consider. I I I think on the whole that uh, that's possibly. I'm going to need to design the leash, and the driving force very carefully. But I'm not quite sure what the parameters of those are. Have you tried um, Bill Stoddard's prospectus system, which is a thing I'm still very fond of. Yes, I have, but this time, I this time I said to myself, said I, I want to do something. Uh, actually, what I started out saying to myself, said I, was I want to do something I want to do, not, um, not the compromise that the prospectus system tends to tends to produce. I tend to put in things that aren't yet mature to the prospectus system. Mm. And it reflects the um, in the final outcome. I've had some very good campaigns come out of it, but normally only after I've said um, I put the same thing forward several times, refining it each time, it gets rejected. Well, the the other aspect of it that I've found useful is that it prompts the players to talk about what they like and don't like about the suggested ideas. Yeah, what I, which is what I tried to cover by asking them questions about uh, about uh, what they enjoyed doing, what they didn't enjoy doing, what they thought the other players in the group were good at, mm. and what they thought the other players in the groups wouldn't put up with, which told me a few things that I didn't know before. Hey, the but, oh, yeah, go on. Oh, the trouble with this frame is it's deliberately an anthology. It allows me to do mm-hmm. different things at different times with, I'd say, one to three weeks worth of adventure, worth of playing in each um, stop along the way. Yeah, But I'm going to need to find an overwhelming arc to make sense of the whole thing. But it doesn't have to make sense right away. I don't need to, to heavily handedly drop um, hints about what's really going on. Into the uh, into the uh, each individual episode. Well, presumably the pilot equivalent is, oh no, here we are. Um, let it set up at least the very basics of what is happening to us. Yeah, I I sort of need to make sure I've got that sealed and that there are a number of possible true secrets behind. The final result, I think, mm. but I think I've reached a point now where I want to go away and think about it because if I'm going to drop them into um, 1960s uh, spy drama one week and um, uh, and uh, high fantasy the next week, I'm going to need something that will bind it all together. I sometimes there will be parallel world aspects. And sometimes there will just be um, whatever strikes my fancy this week. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I might have some. Okay. Let me just say the thing that I always say at this point, which is uh, have your ten scenario ideas. Uh, but I will extend that slightly. Yeah. Um I think many campaigns fall into a standard scenario, and this is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah. Taking, for example, the CSI shows, uh, yeah. The the basic approach is you know a criminal has killed somebody and has left evidence which is which it is the PC's job to find and put together. 
And if it didn't happen repeatedly, it wouldn't be the standard scenario. That does not mean every scenario has to be the same. It does not mean every session or adventure has to be the same. Yeah. But there is that framework that people are expecting. And then, of course, you can subvert it. Um, yeah, there are... I'm not sure... Yeah, there, there, are, there is the point at which they are... I, I'm not quite sure. Are they going to be the, um, the that masked man who rides into town, sometimes in disguise, and saves people? Are they going? I, I'm still sort of. I'm still tempted by the quantum leap thing, except that. Um, well, it does solve the basic problem in a high tech setting, of who are you guys and where did you come from. Yeah. Which is a consideration. I mean, presumably you're also going to be doing something about languages. I think. I think the 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 the. They they will probably be physically carrying or wearing um, some sort of device that keeps them on the journey. Presumably, taking it off and settling down would be a logical choice for some characters. Um, if the player wants to um, stop being this person, hmm. they can hand the the the. Oh, hang on a second. I start. By them receiving the uh, the the devices, and being being pulled along, maybe it's something like um, the time travel belt in uh, in the man who folded himself, mm. uh, and and it contains its own um, and it contains its own manual. Oh, that's nice. I like that. <laughs> uh, let, uh, let, let us say it, it contains an instruction system whereby. We're talking GURPS here. You can gradually put points into operate time machine skill. Yeah, um, and it will also talk to you. I don't. I don't think it should be without a personality. Hmm. Right. Are you, are you sure you want to do that? You look as if you're trying to perform a paradox. Do you want some help with that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that's entirely possible. Yes. With um, right, excuse me. That's that's. I've got to write down some ideas. Let's <laughs> let's let's fade to the next item whilst I whilst I have right go and write down some ideas. Thank you very much, Roger. You've helped enormously. But that, he said reluctantly, is enough about me. <laughs> what are you doing at the moment, Roger? Well, I had a different answer to this. I had been running the GURPS Monster Hunters campaign, which we, we mentioned occasionally on the show. Um, but I was running out of ideas myself. Yeah. And I thought, all right, what, what is a low-effort campaign for Roger to run? Now, the previous time I did this, it turned out to be GURPS Talk, which was low effort, but but I got so hacked off by the low quality of the adventures that I yeah. stopped. Um, so this time I've gone for GURPS Dungeon Fantasy. Were you the one who ch sold me my copy of uh, Dungeon Fantasy cheap? Did you change your mind? Oh, about the Dungeon it? Fantasy... Oh, there are two separate things. There's the Dungeon Fantasy RPG, which is, a, box, which is a boxed set. Uh, and there are there is the GURPS Dungeon Fantasy line... Which is PDFs only. And... Well, the, the first four got physical printing, and I used to have copies. I don't know where they've gone. Um, 
but they they are basically like GURPS Action or GURPS Monster Hunters. They they are basically saying start with GURPS and then have used just this limited list of advantages, yeah. disadvantages, skills. Uh, how, so. how much, oh, right, Joe, before we get get on to what you're doing, how much difference is there between the two lines? Uh, I have not read the Dungeon Fantasy RPG in detail. Uh, it is broadly compatible. It changes some definitions. It strips out more trays. Basically, it is explicitly a game that is about hitting things and taking their stuff. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, if, if an advantage was going to stay in from GURPS at all, it has to be defined in terms that make sense there. Yeah. So... It, it, it has uh, some things that have been added to GURPS fourth in Errata. It is, I think um, the line editor described it as what GURPS 4.5 might look like if we were going to do a 4.5 edition, which we're not. Yeah. Um, it, it has various tidyings up and thing, things that you know they wish they'd put in fourth when they published it, had they but known. Hmm. Um, but the nice thing about GURPS Dungeon Fantasy is that while there is a standard list of things you can do and indeed it's template based so yeah. there, there are standard things you can you can uh, spend your experience points on the whole of the rest of GURPS is is out there and is compatible with it if you want to use it okay so, so um you're seeing the, uh, the, the 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 box set as being slightly more crippled than the uh well pdfs I wouldn't say I wouldn't word. say crippled. I would say limited deliberately. I mean, it is a role playing game about bashing stuff in dungeons. Yeah. As opposed to GURPS action, GURPS dungeon fantasy, GURPS monster hunters, which are ways. Basically, they they are the thing that an ideal GM with all the time in the world would do when setting up a campaign of this sort. Mm-hmm. You know, GURPS action is very much. Okay, I'm going to run an action campaign. Therefore, I will set these optional rules as in use. Those optional rules as not in use. Um, these templates are recommended. All that sort of thing. All the things that that yeah. If if I had all all the time, I would do for every campaign I run. But yeah. GURPS action is is a convenient preset list of vote, setting the right switches. And similarly, yeah. um, GURPS Dungeon Fantasy. They have then grown stuff that was specific to dungeon fantasy such as the the book of random treasure generation for example mm. but yeah it, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a standard setting it's um it stays reasonably generic which is a strength and a weakness yeah um there are a couple of published settings we'll come back to that in a minute but because in particular because all the players are pretty darn familiar with gurps yeah. Uh, all right. Only two of us have actually had stuff. Well, three have had stuff published for it. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's we 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 all know GURPS. We we've all spent all that cognitive effort on getting familiar with GURPS, and therefore it is a low impact option for all of us mm-hmm. to to run something in it. Whereas I think with Dungeon Fantasy RPG. Uh, it would be there would be slightly too much stuff to remember that is isn't available, or it works in a different way. We did talk about it, but that was what we came down on in the end. It could have gone either way. So, what are you actually doing with it? Well, as previously strongly implied, and I would just say it explicitly, I am lazy. 
And I, I, th- I think I think I think we're all bozos on this bus. It turns out there are an awful lot of pre-written adventures that involve bashing stuff in dungeons. They just aren't written yeah. for girls. Also true. So I got hold of some Pathfinder stuff. All right. What is path? Uh, what? Uh, what is, I, I, is Malad asks um, the the uh, the, uh, the counsel for the prosecution. Now, what is Pathfinder? Exactly? Yeah, we we are possibly the, the last few people who didn't know. I mean, I I, I went and found out about it because I, I yeah. wasn't familiar with with the gory details. Um, basically, uh, during the D and D third edition days, yeah, uh, the fa- the famous open game license. Um, Paizo Publishing took over publishing the Dragon and Dungeon magazines for mm-hmm. that game. And basically because TSR slash Wizards of the Coast didn't want to pay permanent staff to do it, so they said, right, you know, pay us for this and then you make the pro- whatever profit you can off it. Yeah. Um, in early 2007, uh, Wizards of the Coast said, okay, we're not renewing this contract. And Paizo said, okay, we'll, we will stop publishing... Uh, Dragon and Dungeon magazines. We we will publish our own things under OGL mm-hmm. uh, for D and D third edition. Then in August two thousand and seven, Wizards of the Coast said, "Ooh, D and D fourth edition coming up we with a about- more restrictive license, so it would be harder to do third party stuff for it. Not impossible, but definitely harder." Yeah. Uh, at which point, Paizo said, "Okay." We're going to stick with this open game license, and we're going to take D and D three point five and file off anything actionable. <laughs> oh, I bet some lawyers had some billable hours over that bit. And they they had an open playtest for about a year, and then uh, published it. Uh, uh, I think late two thousand and eight, something like uh, two thousand and nine. Um, okay. And yeah, the, the the key thing here is game rules. As in mechanisms, um, are, are not, not copyrightable. copyrightable. The expression of rules, as in text, is. Therefore, there is no text from D and D three point five in Pathfinder. Uh, yeah. There, there is. There are no uh, what one might call actionable terms. Yeah. But um, for example, a dragon. Well, you know, you you, you can't you can't copyright dragon. No. Um... All right. Uh, but, so, so but, essentially, the the short answer is, um, Pathfinder is D and D three point five point five. Okay, but when I ask that question, I was not in fact looking for a legal, legal and commercial. Uh, <laughs> I was asking, what did they do with the game system, whatever the hell it is? What stories did they make that make it a unique game? Because I, I. Uh, it's the, it's the stories that make the difference enough. Not, not the... in this case. What oh, I, what I wanted okay. was competently written adventures. And now, I, as, as I understand it, most of the Pathfinder stuff is set in a particular world. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not using it. I, I'm actually using the GURPS dungeon, the GURPS dungeon fantasy uh, setting Coldshard Mountains, which is essentially tortured geography and geology in order to have lots of things happening underground. Ah, uh, yes. That people can go and bash. A shard zone. Do not ask why this dungeon is here. Merely go and uh, loot it, my friend. Do the not shard. ask why this dungeon is here, because I will tell you. 
Oh dear me! Does part does the title Pathfinder mean or imply? Uh, there, there is. I, I've not actually looked into this very hard. Um, there, there is an idea of the Pathfinder Society, which is more or less a collection of uh, good guy adventurers who who may occasionally give you jobs, for example. But I don't think there is any requirement that anybody in the any character in the setting be a, be a member of it in setting. This is also their, their term for their organised play programme. Uh, and yeah, you you can do the thing that the um, RPGA always tried to do, and as far as I understood it, generally failed. You, know, you, you can register your character yeah. and go from one group to another, continuing to earn experience. And I guess if that's the thing people want to do, they can do it. It doesn't affect me in the slightest, so I don't care. <laughs> so you're, you're, t- you're taking dungeons... Uh... Stripping out anything universe specific and putting it in a place where you can exploit it. Yes. Uh, I, I, but what I'm also doing. Too. Sorry. You are a vulture capitalist or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, once, once I paid for it, it's mine. What, what I've also ended up doing. Uh, well, the, the, this got um, because it's largely about fighting. It's it's a lot more yeah. GURPS technical than most games I run. You know, exact casting times of spells and can I do mm-hmm. this before that happens and that sort of thing. This all becomes important. Yeah. Uh, which has actually been an interesting refresher for me because yeah, I've, I've been running GURPS 4th edition since it came out as, as the primary system I run things in, but um, there are certainly... The game I actually run has become quite a lot simpler. Mm. Because, yeah. you know, a, a typical play session for me Will will usually involve you know okay make a skill roll yeah that seems pretty good and and then, uh, then lots of talk so yeah yeah I think I yeah I think I think I go into slightly more detail than that most days but that's because I want to create a sense of being there of doing this thing and then that thing and then the other thing mm-hmm. but I'm not often using more than the simple um, uh, 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 dice roll system, opposed or otherwise. Yeah. But all right. Uh, so, so, so how what we... I've ended up doing is is being a yeah. real trone translation layer between a Pathfinder adventure and a party playing in GURPS. And this is really oh. interesting. <laughs> you see, that's the sort of thing I would want to have done in advance because it's highly technical. And I want all the terms and implications and all the mathematical stuff worked out beforehand. Oh, where's your sense of fun, man? Over there, in a box, with a cat sitting on it, all right? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, let, let, let me just pull up a um, random set of monster stats here. Um, yeah, I, I, I will have this... The, the first thing that I really had to take notice of is... Pathfinder D and D is all about the hit points. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, here is a trap. It will do you D ten plus ten damage. Mm. And for a party that has uh, ways of mitigating that, and is expected to be using them, that's mm. not so bad. Uh, for for a GURPS party where they may only have you know twelve hit points total, yeah, and, and it will need to take time to heal them. Uh, a bit less good. So. What I'm tending to do is translate at least some of those into into um, effects and conditions. Like you know, you're, you're dizzy, you're stunned, you're drunk. Yeah. 
Right, Your fingers it, have just been broken. Yeah. Um, given that this is a dungeon fantasy party and, the, and they can ha- hand out some really quite impressive damage, I'm telling you to keep the original hit points of the monsters anyway. But uh, but also it's, things like that. Their armor class, a, a Pathfinder armor class, will have the basic number uh, and a touch number, as in how difficult it is to touch them but not necessarily do the damage, and a flat-footed, in other words, if they're not trying to dodge you, how difficult is it to get in contact? And with that, with that combination, I can say, okay, you know, the basic number is way higher than the touch number. That means they have thick armour that means you can touch them easily, but you can't get the sword through to do damage. Yes. Okay, I'll give them GURPS DR. Whereas if those numbers are closer, then, then they're probably doing it more in terms of dodging. I... That sort of thing comes out really quite easily. Um, the, the, well, damage, I... the damage they do generally drops off a bit. Uh to, to scale with GURPS, but they will be doing other things as well. I mean, my basic approach to that sort of thing would be to say, here's something in this game that's called a dragon in this room. Here's something in GURPS which is called a dragon. Let me see how they compare conceptually and then fudge the GURPS model towards what the original author was trying to do. Well, yeah, there, there isn't a huge GURPS 4th edition bestiary. There isn't. No, uh, there, there, there's going to be. As things are, as we record this, there is a Kickstarter running, which I think will still be running um, when when this comes yeah. out. The the Northland Bestiary, which which is a third party licensed GURPS product. Yeah, I, I I'm I've been backing the Northland Northland stuff with a point of view that I want to do something with it someday. Um, uh, so if if I had that. Um, this sort of thing would be easier. I mean, that the, one of the early adventures, uh, there was a basilisk involved, and mm. so I said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll use the basilisk in Dungeon Fantasy Monsters. That's fine. Uh, most of the time I don't, because, frankly, this is a, pr- a pretty bizarre lot of uh, monsters in the adventures I've been running. You know, here, here is this um, sort of primitive version of a dragon called a... What was it? Uh, something strange, anyway. Um Dracolisk. No, no, Tatzelworm. I've heard of them, I think. Yeah. Well, I hadn't. Uh, but anyway, we, we, we've got them. We've got... Um, what is this thing called? A... Bogart. Sorry, Bogard. Bogards. I've not heard of Bogarts, I have. I think it's probably the same thing, but they may have changed it for legal purposes. Uh, and his riding slurk. No, all right, all right. I'm sorry. Riding slurk. That's just, I'm sorry. It, this implies there are non-riding slurk. There are pack slurks. It, it's something like a giant slug. Okay. Why would you want to ride? I, don't, I, don't, I would not want to ride on a giant slug. My trousers would get all slimy. And well, on, on the positive side, it, it has two sorts of slime. Uh, so, you can actually, <laughs> so you can actually stick to it. Oh. Dear me! Oh, adhesive slime. Mm-hmm. slime. I cannot. I cannot dismount my. I'm stuck to my slurk. I cannot dismount. Is a. Is a sentence you will find in the. Uh, in the. In the phrase books for that particular part. Of the other lance. <laughs> uh, did we? Did we bring the crowbars? I am stuck to my slurk. <laughs> so how, things how you, like how, that. You know. Okay. How e- are you doing, even if doing I knew this? what the original D and D monster the slurk might have been based on if there was one 
it would yeah. be a different name that I'm not familiar with because I didn't play D and D three point five. So, this is, all right, this is going to be this is going to be a creative game. But of, what I have of, are its stats. of Chinese whis- whispers. No, what I, what I have are its actual final form stats in Pathfinder. Yeah, and well, so yeah, you know, if if it says feats improved initiative, well, okay, it's going to act quickly. I don't need to know exactly yeah. what that does. Uh, it's if it says improved bull rush, well, I can guess roughly what that is, and if I have time, I'll look it up. But it's going to be some sort of charging overbearing attack, obviously, and so, so on. Okay, I, you're a braver man than I am doing this. This so much obviously off the cuff. Are you doing this face to face or over the internet? Uh, over the net. Uh, we're, we're still not playing face to face, and yeah, the. Other thing I I think I've mentioned on previous episodes, my um, t- virtual tabletop on the cheap approach. Mm. Yeah, you were showing some of the uh, results. I I think the some of the 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 visuals of that should go into the into the show notes. Yeah, I, I someone I need to write a blog post about it anyway, so I'll, I'll link to that. Okay. Uh, but basically, the 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 quick summary version is find a bitmap of of a. Um, tactical area that you want to fight over hmm. uh, find the scale of it uh, standard Pathfinder scale is five five foot squares uh, get that scale in terms of number of pixels feed it through the program what I wrote to, to drop a GURPS grid on top of it Yeah, and then load that into Inkscape uh, which is a vector editor and then, lo- then load up uh, basically as a SVG file and then load up individual bitmaps for the monsters, for the for the player characters, and so on. And the the reason I do this in Inkscape is they yeah. don't need they don't need each to have a separate layer the way you would in Photoshop or GIMP. Uh, you can just say I click on this thing and I drag it over there, and it can go in front of or behind the other thing without damaging the the image. And you can drag it out again afterwards. This is a, this is actually way easier. I can see from your expression that, you, that this is not not appealing to you. This is way easier than it sounds. Dear listeners, my standard advice to you um, in technical matters such as this is to have a mad genius in your group. Roger's solution is to be the mad genius. I, I have looked at ways of publishing the software that makes this easier. The problem is um, it needs to read and incorporate the bitmap. And I don't want everybody else send, sending their dungeon bitmaps to my server, particularly if they're copyrighted by other people. Mm. But also, it's quite difficult for you, for example, to run a Perl program not on my server. If I do this sort of thing, I am going to I'm going to swallow my pride and figure out how to use the 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 various games, uh, the various tabletop things such as. Um, well, Foundry VTT was the one I was I was working on last because it's mm-hmm. got a, a good um, GURPS version. I have used Roll Twenty for various specialized things, but I I cannot be doing with their map software. It is it it just doesn't explain itself well. The big thing about the system I'm using that other other systems do better is the players cannot move their own bits. This is strictly me on a separate screen moving stuff. This may yeah. be regarded as a good thing. I could see why. What I could see why it would give the GM more control and the game as a whole more precision. But um, as long as you can do something like that, then I, I think you're going to be able to uh, use this. Take a look sometime when you've got money and um, inclination at the Foundry GURPS 
um, realization. Yeah, I, I used it at last year's useful. convocation uh, for in a Call of Cthulhu game. Yeah, and it was in in a pretty early state then, but it certainly seemed functional. Well, it's it's get it's getting better. It's getting so good that even persons of my tiny brain can start to use it. Mm. Uh, yeah, do all, always bear in mind I am one of nature's cheapskates, and I'm doing all this with free software. So, yeah, yeah, Roger, uh, the, the the amount of brain power you're using could be sold to other people for. Yeah, fast they'd ask me profits. to do boring things. That is true. I, that is a very sound philosophical point. <laughs> But but I'm just saying that that the stuff you're doing for free isn't valueless, and I'm trying to boost your ego. No, it, it's now, valuable. Now, why to am me. I doing that? Uh, okay, yeah, all right. It's what, more what, what I have in the at the end of all this is a virtual tabletop that works exactly the way I want it to. Right now, as a, as opposed to, I mean, you you may well be able to spend time bashing foundry and getting into the shape you want. I, I would assume you can. That's kind of the point of it. But you still have to spend that time. Yeah, it is. Whereas uh, I, I've spent is... the time doing something I enjoy, i.e. programming. Um, and at the end, I have this thing that also works. Yeah, well, what I want is a tool that will allow me to do the things I wanted to do anyway. Mm -hmm. Whereas you're creating a tool that is a fit for your hand. The, the thing is... I think it would be much more difficult to do this face-to-face. -face. I mean, you can buy physical mats, and obviously if, if I had a hard copy of the adventure rather than a PDF, then, then I could have, um, you know, full-size mats and things as well. But it is much easier just to be able to say, OK, I wasn't necessarily expecting you to fight in this particular place, but now that you are, tappity-tappity-womp, here's the map. Well, I, I seem to recall the equivalent in the old days of tappity-tappity was... Uh, let's get out the battle mat. Let's wipe off all the stuff that's on there and has got, has, mm -hmm. has 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 actually become. We should have taken this uh, off uh, at the end of the last session, but we didn't, and now it's marked on it for all eternity. Do not use red. Ah oh, dear, and uh, that, that was and the main thing I remember from those days. And then you mark it out with a supposedly non-permanent marker. And so, uh, find some uh, some uh, play, uh, some cardboard heroes, and then start playing. Or even yeah. miniatures, if if you're made of money and you know in advance who's going to be fighting what. Uh, even miniatures, if I happen to be in my flat where all my miniatures are, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not rupturing myself carrying um, heavy uh, heavy amounts of lead <laughs> about the country, and I disdain uh, plastic miniatures mostly. That that is the other thing. Um, if if you're doing this the official way, you can get token packs and things. Uh, I, I wrote another bit of software that I can point at a page of the Pathfinder bestiary and it will extract the monster image with transparency in such a way that I can then drop it into the map. So that makes life easy. There are, I, okay, you are happy with the degree of functionality you have. Um, how long are you going to keep doing this, do you think? I don't know. Um at the time, I was feeling quite overwhelmed with having to come up with stuff, but I'm now getting to the point where I want to start running something a bit more complex yeah. again. Uh, I I, I'm not going to run out of material. That, that's the mm. key thing here. And some some of it's actually quite fun. And there, there is there is more to it than you go down the steps. There is an orc in front of you. Mm. Um, yeah, there there, there are. In in the thing running at the moment, there there are local conflicts that you can get involved in, and be frankly overwhelming to, in, to one side or the other. 
Um, there, there are internal conflicts among some of the factions. There, there, there's a lot more to it than it's all in stasis until, until you bash it. I think I, I, I think I think you you will you will have fun. But yeah, the the urge to I, I seem to have in the earlier part of this program sidestepped my own desire to run something dedicated to one world and unique to me. And I'm not sure when that's going to poke up again. I have sidestepped that with the idea you handed me. I, I should point out, I'm just, just looking at my uh, log of campaign recordings. Uh, we've been doing this fortnightly and, I, and we've got 14 sessions now. And I'm not even starting to run out of things to do. So, okay. In, yeah, you in, are. in terms of, I don't want a thing that's going to take over my life the way irresponsible right did the way campaigns tend to do when I'm thinking about them. Um, it 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 ain't a bad filler. Okay. Does it have a Does it have a mythology? It, it has several. Uh, <laughs> there, there there are some gods of Pathfinder whom I'm regarding as little local gods within this yeah. setting and the, and there's the setting itself I'm I'm not being terribly specific about. Um and the the setting as published is clearly part of a much larger place, but it doesn't talk about what, what that larger place is. You know, what what you've got is it's quite a large area yeah. of, of largely mountainous land. But um it doesn't talk about where the river goes after that. Or anything of that sort. Or what you've got is this this particular space, and obviously, uh, if if the um, campaign goes that way, we we could in the long run go to something a bit larger. But uh... well, just at the moment, going down dungeons and bashing things and taking their stuff is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. And we we started this uh, first session was in April of this year, um, and. I think probably go on for a bit and then then see what people feel, feel about doing something else. Okay. We'll await development. That has been Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice. And if you want to tell us about your next big thing or the thing that you are hacking into your favourite system as you go along, God help us, Roger, then please, you can contact <laughs> think, us. Just think of me as a gaming substrate. I, I'm thinking you, uh, uh, of you as an idiot, idiot Saban, but um, anyway, let's pass on. Leave a message on the website or email podcast at tekeli.ly. I will be back again next time.